Welcome in always to Jags. Today we are celebrating, that's right, celebrating the Jaguars are officially undefeated in London with an insane victory over the Buffalo Bills to go to 25, uh, insane victory 25-20 over the Buffalo Bills. We go to 2-0 in London and 3-2 on the season. This is I my prediction for the season. I thought we would be at 4-1 at this point because I did originally predict we would beat the Bills, but I didn't think the Bills were going to look quite as good as they have because they have looked incredible over these past three weeks. And we still were able to technically, like London is kind of our home away from home, but this was technically a home game for the Bills. And they even had the field painted Bills. And there was a lot of Bills Mafia in the stands. So this was definitely a Jaguars win going into Buffalo. It's not the same as playing in Orchard Park. And if, you know, we went to go play in Orchard Park tomorrow, I don't know if I'd still take the Jags. But we got it done in London. And now our entire season looks like it's back on track because the AFC South is more competitive than we anticipated. However, you know, even the predictions of potentially having the number one seed in the AFC, that's still feasible. You know, that's still, we have a chance to get that now because we beat the Bills. Um, You know, if you look at our main competition, it's the Chiefs, Bills, and Dolphins. I would say the Jaguars are comfortably, I mean, maybe not comfortably, but if we are playing the way that we should be playing, we can beat every other team in the AFC, and we should be ahead of them. Even the Bengals, like, and they got the win over the Cardinals. They looked pretty good. Jamar chased three touchdowns. That's going to be hard to stop when we face them on Monday night because Joe Burrow looks like he's getting back to himself. However, I still think overall we can be better than the Bengals. We can be better than the Ravens, the Steelers, any other contenders in the AFC. Better than the Chargers. I mean, you know, the Jets are still playing pretty good ball, but... um after losing Aaron Rodgers, they're playing surprisingly good ball. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely loved that they beat Sean Payton and the Broncos because what he said this offseason was crazy. So anyway, back to what we all came to talk about, the Jaguars. So this was really a complete team victory when you look at it in all phases because the offense really complemented the defense. And it really should have, one of the announcers was talking about it, the Jaguars should have been up by three touchdowns at half. It should have been kind of a blowout just based upon the way that they were playing. But we kept making mistakes that allowed Buffalo to get back in it. And so that tells me a couple of things. It's like, first of all, we were playing good enough football to be up. And it's not like Buffalo was making mistakes that would have allowed us to get up. You know what I mean? It's like we were moving the ball on offense and then Trevor had a bad fumble. Or, you know, A.J. Epinesa had a, he was a game wrecker by himself, which is insane considering he's like third or fourth on the Buffalo's rushing chart. And he had like two forced fumbles, two and a half sacks. He went off. He went off. It was crazy. Um, But our defense really kept us in that game because they came up, they made tackles, they stopped guys when they had to. Um, Darius Williams had an up and down day. You know, he had that great interception. That was kind of like a punt from Josh Allen, but still. Catching the ball in front of Stephon Diggs, that's got to boost your confidence. I don't care. You know, like, you know, it would have been punted to us anyway had he just knocked it away. But again, to go up there for a one on one ball and beat Stephon Diggs, that was a confidence boost that we needed. And then our offense used that to drive down the field and score a touchdown. So Tyson Campbell also, he was a little more solid, but, you know, he got beat a couple of times. 
Um, like when he tried to jam Stephon Diggs for the touchdown, he got beat. And, you know, Stephon Diggs is one of the top five receivers in the NFL. So, you know, our it shows that our offense will still have trouble with those types of receivers because Tyson Campbell um, and Jarius Williams aren't quite at like that level of like the top, top cornerbacks that can just even erase those top guys. But even those top guys, like you saw Marlon Humphrey got beat by George Pickens yesterday. So it's like, you know, it, it, sometimes it just comes down to any given game and any given day. And so Josh Allen had another great game getting pressure. Um, and it's starting to look like, like I said, our defense was flying around, making tackles. It's like, it's hard to describe because like we didn't even get, I don't even think we won the turnover battle. And we still won because our defense just got Josh Allen off the field. And that started with we were able to bottle up the run game without having all of our guys at the line of scrimmage. So that allowed us to play good coverage on the back end. So Josh Allen didn't have a lot of windows to throw into and he couldn't rely on the run game. So, you know, he was trying to make something out of nothing. And oftentimes there wasn't anything there. So it was an excellent scheme by Mike Caldwell. Uh, Josh Allen, I feel like he's carrying all the work on getting pressure. And he's playing excellently this year. I think he's going to work himself into a big contract, hopefully from us. I still think the thing that we need to take our defense over the top, because like we're, we're on the solid level, really good. Our defense should move up a couple of tiers in the NFL for this showing. You know, holding Buffalo to 20 points is incredible. But if we just had like Danielle Hunter, I'm not talking like, you know, Frank Clark might be available. Some other veteran pass rush guys, Unique Ngakwe. I don't want to trade for them. Daniel Hunter, one of those guys who, you know, was like leading the league in sacks at some point, who's playing really well right now. Just one more guy would really push our defense up to that next level. Because the best thing about our defense is that they're all playing complimentary ball. As in, there's no like one star guy who's like everyone has to account for. Like, you know, the Rams have Aaron Donald. But the rest of their defense is still playing complimentary ball because they're all know their strengths, know what they're good at, and they're all attacking and swarming and playing together as a unit. And like the Chargers, one of the reasons why their defense is so bad is because they have stars everywhere. They should be one of the best defenses. They had J.C. Jackson for a little bit. They had Derwin James. They brought in Khalil Mack to play next to Joey Bosa. And these guys are all making almost $20 million a year. And their defense is one of the worst in the league. Probably 31st, maybe even at least in the low 20s, even after Khalil Mack had a six-sack game. And the problem is partially Brandon Staley's scheme, I don't think, um, and they don't play as a unit. They don't play together. Like, you know, you know your assignment, rally, tackle. That's what the Jaguars are doing right now, and it feels like a bunch of unsung heroes who are really coming together, and it's pretty awesome to see on defense. And so um, I feel really good about our defense going in. Um, we got Gardner Minshew and the Colts coming up next. I still would like to see the Jaguars pull a trigger on the trade to bring one more pass rusher. And I think um, Mike Caldwell and Doug Peterson, I feel like the Jaguars brass office doesn't want to make that trade for a guy because they feel like, number one, they don't want to lessen their confidence in Trayvon Walker. And they probably don't want to give up assets and cap space. But mainly, they probably want Trayvon Walker to believe, they still believe in Trayvon Walker, and they want Trayvon Walker to feel like they believe in him. However, bringing in another guy does not lessen Trayvon Walker at all. It doesn't mean that we've given up on him. It just means we're getting him help. It just means we're getting Josh Allen some help. 
some other guys. If you look at the Buffalo Bills defensive ends or outside linebackers, you've got Von Miller, Gregory Russo, AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, and a couple other guys. All of those guys could be starters on other teams. Obviously, all four of them will not be on the field at once. You swap them out, you let them rotate, and it makes the entire group better because they come in waves. They come in fresh and they rush and they get to the passer. So we did a great job getting pressure and affecting Josh Allen. Um, but one thing I think the Jaguars need to look at across the league, the number one thing that's disrupting every single offense in the league is pressure right now. Defenses that get pressure are disrupting offenses. And like, again, that's kind of basic. I mean, that's how football works. Um, but even against like screen passes and stuff like that, because like a lot of times if you when you get you can get pressure with the blitz, right? Someone's blitzing you coming at you. That means someone out there, though, is open. And so the quarterback can dump it off for a screen pass. And the screen pass is usually the most effective way to beat the blitz. And we saw Trevor Lawrence beat the blitz in this game with a beautiful pass to Calvin Ridley. Difference is when you can get home with four guys like the Jets do, like the Bills do. If you can get home with four guys, if your defensive line can beat the opposing team's offensive line, now the quarterback has pressure in his face and no one to throw to because everything on the back end is blanketed. And so if we get a guy like Daniel Hunter, work him into the system, and if it doesn't work out, like you said, we can make the cap space work. I think he's still guaranteed a couple more years, another year. It would have been better if we only could take him on like a one-year flyer, and if it didn't work out, okay, just let him hit free agency. Um, but either way, he, he would only be here for like a year, maybe two. And in that time, we have plenty of time to franchise tag Josh Allen if we're not sure if we want to sign him to a contract and continue to see if Trayvon Walker can develop and become that guy across from Josh Allen. But for right now, we just need a more reliable guy if we want to keep winning. So that's my whole spiel about the defense. Um, I think Trey Herndon playing in the slot is a lot better than I anticipated. And I still think Antonio Johnson is going to take over for him sooner than later. Um, and I think that will only elevate our defense that much more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's playing. It kept us in the game against Buffalo. They made some incredible plays. And I'm looking forward to seeing how well we continue to do in these next few weeks. Um, now we're moving on to the offense, which finally looked in sync. Finally looked like it was clicking. Even though, like we, like I said, we should have been up by multiple touchdowns multiple field goals, really, if those offensive drives hadn't been killed by that fumble, um, I think there was a mistake or a false start or something that killed another drive, you know, there were still some offensive times where the defense kind of had to bail them out. And if the offense played even just a hair better, we could have gotten even more points against one of the best defenses in the entire league, which should be scary for everybody, other, every other team in the league, because as good as like the Colts defenses, they're not Buffalo. So if our offense was able to do that against Buffalo, what do you think we're going to do to you in the rematch? Um, especially because now, and I think most people are saying like, maybe it just took time for the offense to get in rhythm, get in sync, click. The entire issue was in the offensive line. From the first week against the Colts to the second week, every time we saw that our offensive line was being dominated by the opposing defensive line. And when you have guys in your face, it was speeding up Trevor's clock, and our offense was not built to run that quickly. Like, it's built to get the ball out of Trevor's hands, but it's built for Trevor to play from a clean pocket. 
because they were expecting our offensive line to hold up. And so we had to make some adjustments to try to like, okay, how do we work this offense because our line isn't playing as well as we thought. Today, against the Bills, I thought Trevor Lawrence had a mostly clean pocket. And the thing is, is like if he has a mostly clean pocket, again, when the blitz is coming, Trevor can handle it because he knows the blitz is coming and he knows he's got one-on-one man and he can throw it and his internal clock isn't being sped up. But when you're bringing just four guys and you still have pressure in your face, now Trevor has to dump it off to somebody. Or he has to try to find somebody that's not open yet because the offense isn't designed for him to get open that quickly because, you know, Trevor likes to take shots, Press Taylor likes to take shots, Doug Peterson likes to take shots. And um, this can be no further illustrated than that beautiful toss to Calvin Ridley in the fourth quarter that I don't think it iced the game, but it really put us in the spot that was like, the Jaguars are in control um, because Trevor had the blitz coming. He knew he had one-on-one Calvin Ridley versus a safety, and he just threw it up for his guy to make a play. And that's how our offense works because the Bills were unable to get pressure without blitzing. If you can get pressure without blitzing on our, jag- on our offensive line, it's going to make it very, it's going to be a tough day for us all day because that's not the way our offense is designed to work. But if you have to blitz to get pressure, that's fine because Trevor Lawrence has guys one-on-one, our receivers will win in these matchups. One-on-one, our tight ends. One-on-one screen game to Travis Etienne. We will win in those situations. So I'm not worried about the blitz. It's just our offensive line, they need to be able to hold up against four three-man rushes. And they did a much better job of that today. I At the beginning of the season, I thought Cam Robinson could be trade bait. Nope. Uh, we need to keep Cam Robinson. Um, I didn't realize how valuable he was until this game when he came back. And like I said, our entire line played so much better just by having him. And he got beat a couple of times. I think he got hurt. Um, but it was, and it's not like it was market improvement from the left tackle spot over Walker Little. I honestly think Walker Little is a better left tackle. But when we move Walker Little to left guard, it solidified that guard spot so the internal pressure wasn't coming at Trevor. And then Anton Harrison still has some work to do as a rookie. I think, you know, he'll continue to get better as every single game goes. He cleaned up a lot of things from this week. You know, if you compare him to week two versus the Chiefs, it's like a totally different player. I don't know if he gave up a sack in this game. I just know in that one, he gave up three. So, again, he's learning. He's growing. Um, but then, And then Luke Fortner, I think he's better having Walker Little next to him and Brandon Sheriff next to him because they can help double team while he, because he was struggling really badly when he had Ben Barch next to him. With Walker Little, that fortifies it and it just makes him better because now he feels better about double teaming and stuff like that because one guy was able to beat Ben Barch and a Luke Fortner double team. That's not good because their one guy was beating them, which means everyone else in the offensive line probably had one-on-one and had to beat them. So it, But now with Walker Little there, you know he could take most guys coming in one-on-one, you know, even some of the better guys in the league. So now that frees up Luke Fortner to maybe go help out Brandon Sheriff to double-team a guy if Brandon Sheriff's not playing well or, you know, vice versa. It allows Fortner to play more of a complementary role and just actually snap the ball to Trevor Lawrence and not over his head because that was a couple of bad snaps in that game. So hopefully Fortner can get better. If not, I mean, I'm not opposed to throwing in Shatley. We might need to. Um, I don't think Fortner will cost us a game, but the our entire issues this season, you can really chalk it up to the offensive line. 
I don't, the receivers had some drops and they were having some drops. And I think the ball placement isn't quite what they were used to. And I think that's because Trevor was throwing it quicker than he was anticipating. I think that's because of the offensive line pressure and the offensive line issues. So now that even when um, Cam Robinson went out and Blake Hans went in, the offensive line was still playing well. And someone brought up a good point. Like the Jaguars are kind of a team that's built to come out throwing get off to a fast start, and then run to win. Um, and, you know, you still want to have that balance, but you could see where Travis was getting nothing in the run game. Like, if you watch the beginning, he was getting nothing in the run game. The Bills were bottling it up. And then, once Trevor started throwing all over the field, these beautiful shots, you know, the Bills started having a double team on the back end, things like that, and now Travis, go- and now Travis is going off. That's when he got both of his touchdowns in the fourth quarter when the Jaguars were throwing it. And that's what makes it so scary because we can run and throw. And if we're throwing against you, you got to load up your secondary, which means Travis Etienne has holes he can break through. And if he breaks through the first level, that second level, he can run away from those guys. Like, you know, he's an explosive back, which makes it a very scary offense for opposing um, defensive coordinators. All we need to do is just make sure our offensive line can handle a four-man rush. Trevor Lawrence should have time in the pocket. Because like I said, even against the Blitz, they're fine. Trevor Lawrence, we have answers for the Blitz. What the Jaguars offense does not have answers for is a four-man rush where our guys get beat. That's just not what they were anticipating when they put this offensive line together. So um, it's good to have Cam Robinson back, walk a little, um, still the best offensive tackle. I think after the season, we'll have to decide what we want to do. Um, I wouldn't mind keeping him at guard and keeping Cam for one more year. I know he has a high cap hit. Maybe we could draft a guard. The question will be at left guard at the end of the season. Because um, we'll probably keep, you know, unless Anton Harrison really becomes a liability, we'll keep him there on right tackle and have him just continue to learn. And then we still got Brandon Sheriff and we still got Luke Fortner in the middle. So. Those are some questions that we can answer towards the end of the season. For right now, for us to keep winning in this season, that offensive line configuration, I think, gives us the best chance to win. I think Luke Fortner is playing with a tight rope right now. If I don't see improvement, I would consider putting in Shatley. Um, just because, you know, we need improvement. Like, we want our guys to develop, and you want to give them time. Um, and... Going into the season, I would have thought, like, based upon the talent disparity between the Jaguars and the rest of the AFC South, we maybe had that time for those guys to develop. It looks like we really don't. Based upon how quickly CJ Stroud has developed, how quickly Tank Zell has developed, how quickly Anthony Richardson is developing, and how good, like, how good all these other teams are in our division, I don't really know if we have time to wait. You know, it's, it's, they are, they caught up a lot quicker than we were expecting, because we really weren't that far ahead of them last year. I mean, the Jaguars, I'm pretty sure we, I can't remember if we split the series with the Colts or if we swept the Colts last year, Um, but we split it with the Texans, and when we swept Tennessee, it was a huge surprise. So, and we only won the division at 9-8 and last year, so it wasn't like, you know, like, we're not the Chiefs and everyone else in the division is like the Raiders and the Broncos. Like, we had just shot up to the top. And now this offseason, based upon the talent that we brought in, guys we were going to have, it looked like we had like a whole nother step on them. But they're playing a lot better than we thought. I mean, they're beating teams 
playing close games, and it's not just against us, like the way the Texans manhandled us a couple weeks ago. Still trying not to think about that. Um, but the way the Colts beat the Rams, the way that the Titans handled the Bengals, and the way that the Texans beat the Steelers. Those were all teams that I thought that they were going to lose to. And the Colts still lost to the Rams, but it was way closer than I was anticipating. And so all of those, all of those things are showing that the Jaguars kind of need to move along if they want to contend this year. And so I definitely think the number one seed on the AFC is still on the table, um, especially because Miami is going to have to face Buffalo again. Um, and if they lost once, I mean, they could lose again. Miami still has some really tough games on the schedule. Um, so do the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are probably going to be the hardest one to catch up to because they have just been rolling. Um, but we already have the tiebreaker over Buffalo. Uh, I think there's a good chance we end with like the same kind of record as Buffalo, which will give us the leg up. So this was a fantastic win when it comes to playoff seeding later in the future. And also, even if we don't get the number one seed, if it comes to the wild card, if we you know move to the divisional round, Buffalo, if we get seeded in the right way, you know, Buffalo is going to have to come to us to play, come play us in Jacksonville. And so that will help, you know. Um, so we still got a couple of teams to catch. I know it's pretty early to be talking playoffs, but the main thing is Jaguars need to develop that consistency and keep it going because it's been a crazy turn of events because Miami had just beat Denver by 50 points. And then they got humbled by Buffalo, who beat them by 28 points. And now the Jaguars came in and beat Buffalo by 5 points. And it's pretty crazy, because I'm pretty sure there's an actor from Ghosts, I can't remember his name, but he predicted the Jaguars were going to score 25, and the Buffalo were only going to get 20. And he's from the TV show Ghosts, and I can't remember his name, but he was on a podcast with Tony Baselli, and it's like, oh, wow, he was completely right. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the Jaguars are going to... The hope is that the Jaguars continue to prove that consistency, and it's like, okay, we did the 2-0 in London, great, now the Colts are coming to town, the Colts don't win in Everbank, but consistency, we need to keep that going. Um, compared to the first matchup where we still won, I think Anthony Richardson is better, playing better, but I think Gardner Minshew will probably play this game because um, Richardson is hurt. So... We need to keep that consistency going because our offensive line should hold up much better against these guys next week. Anton Harrison, I don't know how, I think he's a lot, I think he's gotten a lot better since that first week, first two weeks. Um, they're probably still going to put DeForest Buckner and just have him rush on Anton Harrison. But the thing was, Grover Stewart was beating Fortner and Ben, and ben Barch. And so they were just rotating Buckner and Stewart and be like, hey, who do you want to get? You can beat these two guys. So hopefully this week, Walker Little should fortify that interior line. Now we have some injuries to worry about. Zay Jones was in and then he went out. Walker Little went out with an injury. And I think Cam Robinson went out with an injury. So hopefully those are not serious. We definitely need them back against the Chiefs. We cannot afford to go into those games with any of those guys out. Um, with Zay Jones being out, maybe we could get by and still get the win, but we definitely need our offensive line to be completely intact. Um, if Cam or Walker has to sit for this game, putting in Shatley at guard should help, um, but it would obviously be much better. So keep the fingers crossed on that news. We'll find out hopefully sooner than later about what that means for us.
Um, looking ahead at the schedule, if we get the win over the Colts, we will be number one in the division, thanks to some timely losses. I was rooting for the Falcons pretty hard this weekend, and um, rooting pretty hard for the... Um, we actually were rooting for the Colts to beat the Titans, because now, if we beat the Colts, we control our own destiny, and we become the number one seed. And so after that, our the tough game is going to be that matchup on Thursday Night Football against the Saints. We could lose that game. Um, hopefully, we won't, and our offensive line will have figured it out. Because um, if our offensive line, again, they didn't have to handle Greg Russo or Vaughn Miller, but if they handle Buffalo's front, I feel like they should be able to handle the Saints' front. Calvin Ridley knows Marshawn Latimer very well, um, but the Saints don't know Christian Kirk very well. So um, the Steelers look like a game that we should still win, um, even though they got the win over the Ravens. Still looks like Matt Canada, if he's still there. I mean, they're still trying to figure things out. So the rest of the schedule still does kind of favor up matchably. I still think we have a chance to sweep the NFC South. Um, and some of the teams that I thought were going to be really strong and tough outs on our schedule, um, Bengals, they don't look as tough anymore. And so I still think we can go 13-4. and four. This win really proved that and really solidified that. Even if we don't, 12-5 and five, I don't think will be good enough for number one in the division. Um, it is definitely possible, and we have enough talent to go 12 and 5, maybe 11 and 6. Either of those should be able to win us the division because we, um, if we start playing up to our level that we can play at, and we definitely cannot drop another game to the Texans. So when we go to, ten to Houston, that's going to have to be a win, and we're probably going to have to sweep the Titans in order to really you know, solidify our place in the division and sweep the Colts. So, um, yeah, overall, excellent game, excellent win. Jaguars are undefeated in London, and um, let's keep it going. Hopefully we'll be undefeated against the Colts this year. So take care, everybody, and as always, it was always the Jacks. <laughs>